0: thanks for downloading this episode from Teachers Talk Radio. You can find the full schedule and listen back to all our shows at ttradio.org. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, leading publishers of books, directories, educational guides and magazines aimed at schools in the UK and beyond. Enjoy the podcast! Good evening and welcome to Teachers Talk Radio, the late show Monday nights. Thank you very much, everybody, for joining us. Uh, You might be listening back to this as a podcast or you may be joining us to listen to it live. Um, Big shout out to Miss Albershire, who is our very first listener this evening. So thank you very much for diving into the chat that quickly um, and for maybe setting a reminder for the show this evening. Um, the, The idea for tonight's show, uh, really came to me a few days ago when, in fact, I was reading an article which was written by one of, or, or featured, one of my guests this evening, Brian Walton. Um, and the title of the article, uh, which was written for the Guardian back in on December thirty first, "Exhausted, Broken, at Risk of Heart Attacks," is the headline that the they've used in the article. I'm not sure if it was Brian himself who said that, but certainly there's a range of contributors in the article talking about their experiences so it'd be really nice to dig into that um with Brian tonight um we've also got apart from Brian who's a head teacher of 20 years um I've also got uh Vic Goddard coming on initially as well to chat with me and I thought I'd frame the title of the show under a day in the life of a head teacher um so in other words how a head teacher's life not just you know um I guess not their not their personal life, but how the job is done these days, you know, how much tougher has it got? Uh, is it still feasible? Uh, is it still doable, you know, as a job? Um, and and also thinking about the pandemic and how that might have impacted headship and how heads are thriving or surviving. Um, it was reported recently that one in three head teachers plan to leave in the next five years, um, and in fact, you know, we, we've we've seen reports even in the last year about this sort of exodus of head teachers. So we're certainly going to discuss that this evening as well in terms of how that is going and, and whether my guests think that that's happening and how we can prevent it, how we can get more people to want to go into headship or leadership. We might touch on Ofsted, We might touch on uh, the, the upcoming strike action and um, all the rest of it. It's it's a difficult time to work in the profession. There's no doubt about that, um, and it's it's probably got even tougher in the last couple of years. Um, I mean, it was already tough before, but I think the last few years has really has really toughened it up even more. Um, so I'm not sure, Vic. Uh, has joined us yet? So I'm, I'm just going to talk, hopefully, to my first guest, which is Brian. Brian, if you want to unmute yourself in the bottom left.
1: Hello, how you hello. Doing?
0: How are you doing? You okay? I'm all right. Have you had a busy? Biz- okay. Have you had a busy day at
1: work? Uh, yeah, yeah, I have actually. Um, I had my I had a visit from the regional schools uh, director and the CEO of the EFSA. So that was interesting. Wow. That's like that
0: does sound interesting. Uh, we may we may come back to that and explore it. Um, what what I'm going to do first, I'm going to talk to Vic first, Brian, because Vic's got to go at about eight o'clock. So I'm going to sort of chat with him for a bit, maybe bring you in as well on a few points, and then at eight o'clock, I'm going to sort of um, talk to you then. Hi uh, hi for, yeah. the, for the remainder, hopefully, um, all going to plan. Um, Vic,
2: how are you this evening?
0: yeah i'm all right
2: yeah it's it's, yeah not bad actually it's monday bit of a week ahead but all right
0: well thanks very much for agreeing to do this and for giving up uh some of your time to do it and and to talk about this um as always very generous with your with your time um i just want to say in advance as well um that this show is brought to you in partnership with john cat educational If you want to find out more go to johncatbookshop.com have a look at their latest titles We've got plenty of shows coming up on Teachers Talk Radio in the next sort of month or two where we are going to be exploring some of their new releases. Really exciting to hear from the authors who are releasing books at the moment. So look out for those. And and also just to say thank you to John Cap for supporting what we're doing at Teachers Talk Radio. Um, Vic, I want to start with, and I've written down a list of questions here <laughs> okay. that I wanted to ask. Uh, a list of things I wanted to discuss, I should say. Um so i've i've called the show a day in the life of a head teacher um do you think that being a head teacher is
2: still tenable as a job for the majority uh, it's still, i i that that's really depends on the context you're going in i i think there's yes it of course it is but it's certainly not the the individual job it once was i don't think you know there's no there's no superman pants on over trousers to be a head teacher these days you've got to rely on a team so i think the, the yeah it is achievable but only if you've got good people around you how long have you been doing it for now um about 12 13 yeah 12 years i think something like that i've been at passmore's for 22 um was assistant head deputy head and then head so yeah 12 or 13 years Wow.
0: Now, I mean, the reason the reason I wanted to do this show was was just to sort of address. I guess it's been in the press; it's still in the press a lot about this sort of exodus of leaders mm. and the and the fact that they can't get enough leaders to do the job. And I mentioned the statistic a few minutes ago, just before you joined, that one in three—I think it was one in three heads—said they were looking to leave in the next few years. I think seventy percent of heads during the pandemic, said that they were considering leaving. Um, I mean, is that exodus happening? Is it it actually happening now?
2: Yeah, I think it's interesting because I I look at the last few years, obviously, the pandemic being sort of the worst time, really. um, And I've never had conversations about what happens after headship with anybody, fellow heads or anybody else. But I certainly had that conversation during that time and since that time with people, looking at, you know life beyond being ahead so i think yeah I, I yeah i think there's a crisis there's a crisis brewing and unfortunately we've got a government that is supposedly pro business but doesn't seem to understand market you know market value and, and market forces because if we can't find enough people to do any sort of job you tend to look at your paying conditions and uh or instead we just get shouted at so i think yeah I, it doesn't surprise me because of- Ofsted is so um, crucial in a head teacher's life, it, it makes or breaks you. Um, and then you've got, you've got, you haven't got the money to do it with, and you have, you can't recruit staff. It needs to feel achievable. So it, it's no great surprise that um, people have been, you know, who are heads are thinking there's easier ways to earn my money because I'd imagine there is.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was going to ask you what are the key challenges. Today, like if you had to pick three Mm. of the top three when you wake up every morning if you like what are the what are the top three things that you worry the most about Mm. that make the job
2: harder as a head teacher what a good question i'm gonna i'm gonna cheat and give a supplemental because obviously depending on where you are in your ofsted cycle of courageousness Mm-hmm. If you if you've just had one or they're due, that will always be in your mind if you're in the window. So that aside, that's a, take that as given, that yeah. <laughs> will always yeah. be there if you're in the window. Beyond that, it, it is um, it's, it's staffing and making sure that you've got enough good people. Um, money, have can you resource what you want to resource? You know, both of those things are, um, yeah, are, are, are vital. And I, and I guess it's just... The, the third one's probably around it's probably around that has probably changed since lockdown. Um I think prior to that it probably would have been workload. Um right. now it's probably challenging parents and challenging children. I, I you know I I don't hide where I work. I work in quite a quite a disadvantaged area of the world. Um and covid hasn't helped people become more um accepting i don't think and certainly um there's a there's a real vehemence in people about um, them having having to be right you know i've got one opinion you've got another opinion well your opinion has to be wrong and mine has to be right and i think running into that 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 unknownness or that difficult parent interview that you've got in your diary meeting you've got in your diary they would be the things that yeah would be anxious. And, and COVID just just expanded that. A, people are angrier. And B, there's nobody else to moan at. You know, normally they would have gone to their boss or possibly the doctor or somebody else, but all they had was us. So um, that's certainly, that that fear, that dread waking up knowing you've got a challenging one is is definitely something that affects, uh, not, It doesn't affect everybody, I'm aware of that, but that certainly for me was is, is a difficult part of the job. Do you have like a coach? or something that you think of
0: in your head <laughs> before those situations with parents? And, I mean, I don't know whether you could, obviously without mentioning names or anything yeah, yeah. like that, maybe you could give us an example or two about meetings
2: or situations you've been in to sort yeah. of exemplify what you've just said. Um, I, I guess it's when when expectations are, are unreasonable, um, be that around, you know... Things like attendance are often one, so we we send out the the half term the attendance letters talking about where your child is etc. Um, and I have I make sure that my data team who send it out let me know in advance when it's going out because I know that I'll get I'll get a rake of abuse after that. <laughs> my, inbo- <laughs> my inbox inbox will, will be will be absolutely pinging. Um, so um, and the end of and the end of terms for us. So I guess it depends where you work. So for me, the end of term. Um, The last week of any term, but specifically Christmas and summer, um, parents are at their most challenging then. I get emails or calls about things that have happened several weeks ago because they realise they've got to get something off their chest or that they're basically anxious about having their children home. And Christmas is an anxious time for lots of our families. So I think it's, yeah, it does come with... It does, it does sort of come and go, and there are more peak times than others, but it certainly is um, It's something that's there for me. It's, it's that unreasonableness that you don't know where to come back. It's the Facebook arguments, I'll be honest. That's what it is. It's the one where a little bit of knowledge is a dangerous thing, and they've got a few people to support them on Facebook to yeah. make them feel like they're right, and then it becomes yeah. just a battle of wheels. And I'm not a person who goes... Well, I've made a decision, so that's it. You know what I mean, I'm, I'm always open to being wrong, um, and so I'm always going to have that conversation. But it, it does come a time where you you have to go. I, I hear you, but um, this is what's happening, and that's that's it's not a nice, I mean, it's not have a nice you, place to be. <laughs> have you ever
0: been on the receiving end of like a bit of a media pile on or social media pile on yeah. for
2: school? You know, yeah,
0: like yeah. I mean, you didn't yeah. feel you could control
2: yeah we had a we had an incident um a couple of years ago where a, a young person was assaulted outside the school um by an adult sister of a child at the school yeah. um and that that was obviously a very local issue um and facebook was at its worst at that moment um because you know, you can't defend yourself on there you, because there's a child at the center of this or children at the center of this. And so that's that face. Yeah. Facebook pylons happen quite regularly. I have to say, I just don't do Facebook. My, I have, I often get sent messages from staff going, this is, this has been sent on Facebook. Do you want to see it? No, thanks. I don't need to see it. You know, I don't need to see it. So that happens. I mean, you know, I've been at the Daily Mail several times for uniform things and, and other things, um, you know, hair colour and it and it always it's always difficult in the fact that, you you know, it could be that that parent's been completely unreasonable and you've given them plenty of time. But what you don't want to do is isolate the child by by biting back. So you just have to swallow and and, uh, you know, have a have a chat at home, really. But it's yeah, that they're difficult. I'm interested to know, because you said
0: you, you would do, you've you been doing this for about 12 years as a head teacher, yeah. which which is a huge amount of time in this day and age, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's job. I mean, yeah. back like 20 years ago, that probably would have been like, oh, you've just started. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, just like, right. no, no, I've done D-Day and I've done like, you know, I've done the North African campaign. You know, I, yeah. I, I'm coming out of the back end of the war right now. You know? yeah. um, but I think like, The One thing I was going to ask you is since starting, and not just starting Headship, but starting your teaching career, have you seen societally sort of, you know, one of the things, one of my personal bugbears, which I'm sure you know this, is about sort of responsibility and accountability and how that feels like it's shifted significantly onto the schools, the head teachers, the teachers, and away from the students and the parents i mean have you seen that shift
2: yeah have i mean that's seen... yeah i mean it's 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 as bright as anything you could possibly see really it's um the the idea that um you know we young people have always known their rights i remember you know telling teachers what they can and can't do when yeah. i was at sc- when i was at school yeah um, however the it's, it's yeah, pe- people will, will push back more readily and more quickly now than ever. I mean, I we don't close for snow. I can't tell you the, the, the absolute rake of abuse I got when we didn't close in the last snow, um, lockdown in the last snow days when you it's, didn't close or when, you we, didn't. when we didn't, no, when I didn't, <laughs> when I didn't close what because I was forcing them to send their children to school when it was unsafe for them to get there, right. And that, and no matter how many times you say, I don't make that decision for you, you know, I my decision is, can I open the school safely? And if the answer to that is yes, can you get your child there safely is your decision. You're the adult. Um, but of course, you know, you can only say that so many times before you come yeah, across as rude. So, um, yeah, it, but that's that's the way it is. You know, I don't agree with that. So I'm going to beat the drum and see what I can, you know, get on my side. It's definitely something we have to deal with. And you just got, you just have to have you own coping strategies for it, really.
0: But what's been what's been the sort of tipping points towards that? How how have we mm. got there?
2: What, social what... media. I mean, social media. Social different. media. Yeah, yeah. Facebook, Twitter. I mean, less less so Twitter actually. Facebook is the is the cesspit really, where you find all sorts of horrible stuff lurking, um, and you know, people just you know. I, People want to feel validated in what they think and say, and the easiest place to do that is to say that to as many people as possible because you'll find somebody that will validate your viewpoint and I think that's that sort of public meeting space around that is one that has become yeah i mean toxic i mean the moaning pages, Harlow moaning and Brentwood moaning, and all the others you know i I just don't go anywhere near those, but I know others silently scrutinise them, but for me, I just my life is far too short for me to worry about that. If it really was an issue, they'd talk to me. I'm not hard to find.
0: So you're saying, I mean, f- you're saying, Perry, this sort of gr- um,
2: growth in parental power, let's say? I think outrage. Of- I think it's parental outrage. outrage. I don't, think, that, I don't yeah. think there's any more power. I don't, you know, b- bottom line, I should make those decisions. And, of course, parents can go to the press. I mean, obviously, since doing the TV thing, I used to get threatened with, going to the governing body um now i get threatened with going to channel four that's okay do you know what i mean that's that's fine that's fine but yeah it's (laughs) it's not it's not parental power because i don't think the power has shifted it's parental outrage is much quicker to spark these days
3: this show is brought to you in partnership with john katz educational a leading publisher of books directories educational guides and
0: magazines specifically aimed at forward-thinking schools in the uk and beyond have you checked out their latest releases don't miss out visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development
3: today happy reading
0: yeah i mean just on a personal level if if you've had a day let's mm. say because i mean if you're saying i'm presumably from my experience in schools this is probably happening quite a lot you're probably getting these parental complaints and these, these outrages semi-regularly um mm. how does that affect you on mm. a physical, personal, mm. well-being level,
2: when you leave school, yeah, I, the um, pandemic got me. the The, the level of um, responsibility in the pandemic. I mean, I was I was going to bed feeling sick, waking up feeling sick, um, to the extent where you know I was I was very strongly advised at home to speak to the doctor <laughs> about getting some help, and I did. Um, so I've been on um, anxiety stuff for. Three or two or three years, I guess um and that's and that's partly I mean a lot of that's down to the 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 responsibility of of covid um you know I lost our site manager, he passed away of covid now, did he catch it at school i I don't know if he did, could I have done something about it to make it less possibly um so that that level of accountability where I was so reliant on good information from other people, from um having have somebody having my back, um, so I could have everybody else's back. That that left me feeling really quite vulnerable and isolated. And it got to the stage where then I'd see something in my diary and that would tip me over the edge and you just you get into this cycle of, of anxiety. And I'm I'm a stick on grin kind of guy, you know what I mean? I'm not gonna go around there going, Well it's me, I'll put the I'll put the false face on and, and get in and get on with it. Um but that isn't always healthy. So um I was very pleased when I spoke to somebody and got some support and also got to understand why I was feeling like I was feeling. Um but yeah, that's not it's not nice. I think I've I'm a, quite a nervous character anyway, Tom. So I think that's part of it. Um people, yeah. you know, yeah, that's that's part of my nature. But um yeah, that's that was that was unpleasant in the extreme because you you, you knew whatever decision you make, somebody was gonna come back at you about it. And they were going to probably come back at you quite nastily. That's thankfully eased off now, you know. Yeah. They, they, all, they still don't all agree with you, but they probably don't call your names about it or send you death threats, which is what was happening during COVID. <laughs>
0: I mean, were there points, and I'm talking not just during the pandemic, the deepest, darkest pandemic phase, but even going back before that, how mm. many points have there been in your 12 years where you've genuinely thought, I'm going to pack this in this summer? or I'm going to pack this in at Christmas?
2: Rarely. No, okay. rarely. No, yeah. rarely. Um, from, I love my job. I This is something I've aspired to all my life. If from yeah. the moment I knew what job I wanted, I knew that I wanted to be ahead in that job. So um, I've never – there's probably a couple of occasions um, where I've gone, am I the right person for this job? should I should somebody else be doing it for my sake or for the organization's sake but then you know you you talk that through with somebody you trust or you, you sit and dwell on that and you think "Well, no, just just get over yourself Vic, and get on with it you know so um I I, I think I think I, I've got I got spat at spat in the face by a student um when I was an assistant head that that wasn't very nice but I you know, it was my fault in some ways, in the fact that I was I was determined to win an argument with a young person who was in a state of upset and distress, and, and I and I wouldn't let I wouldn't back down. So that, but that was wiping spit off your glasses is an unpleasant thing to do <laughs> um, at any point. I think, and then I think you know, lockdown and, and getting death threats was not pleasant either. Um, you know, I know where you live, I know where your family live is not a pleasant way to think when really. all you are trying to do is, is that, serve. Is that by email?
0: I mean, yeah, things yeah, come...
2: by email, yeah, by email, yeah, and a couple of and letters. Um, I mean, I've got served with thirty odd notices for prosecution because I was in breach of my, you know, in breach of my duty of care. And um, I know where you live. I know which school your son goes to. That sort of thing. Um, that's that that was that was highly unpleasant. And then the job wasn't worth that. Yeah,
0: I mean, I suppose in times like that, you've got to dig in and think about. The positives of the job and the good things
2: and, you, you get absolutely, out. of. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean that, and the, and the job is so positive. You are, so, you, yep. get given, you are given so many gifts as a head teacher, be it you know. It takes sometimes you have to take a step away from it to realise how privileged you are when a child chooses to trust you. Even even open evening. Now I look at our open evening in you know September, like all the secondary schools do, and the fact is that those families walk around our school listen to, to me and my colleague waffle on at the, in the open evening talk, and then they trust us with their most precious gift. You know, what a privilege that is. It, it's hard when you're being called names sometimes to remember that, yeah. but, you know, that, it is such a privilege to be trusted by so many people in the community to look after their child and to help make them the adult that their family wants them to be that it's, yeah, you, you, you have those moments and also however difficult your school is, it will still only be a tiny percentage of the young people that are making those difficulties. And for yeah. 95, 98% of the time, absolutely young, young people are amazing. So, you know, it's, yeah, you have, you do have to have some balance. You do. I, I, I say you need to step outside and have a word of yourself every now and again, <laughs> just take a pill. Go,
0: go it's more. difficult though in the bubble, isn't it? Cause I mean, yeah. as a head, and obviously I've never been a head, um, But if I was, um, I would imagine, (laughs) on in the day, right? Mm. Unless you've got a really supportive governing body or or very active, very involved that that are there all the time, I'm guessing it can be a bit lonely in terms of who am I going to speak to right now when I'm on the verge of tears after this has happened.
2: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I guess I. Yes and no. I think I am yeah. the most supported member of staff in my school. I would say, it, I think you know, I've been there a long time. I've got a very stable staffing, but I yeah. can't, I can't underestimate how much support and in, and you know, encouragement I get from them in doing the job. And I know that's a two way street, but I feel very privileged. I I laugh every day at school. I mean, properly. Yeah, la- laugh. I don't smile. I laugh, <laughs> and I a big bet. God, how lucky how lucky am I to have people around me that I can do that within my job? I think my relationship with my p a is is vital yeah um, um you know she she knows walks and all what I go through and, you know, he, he, when we were filming for Educating, it was the one office I, I said they couldn't put any mics in or any cameras in. Oh really? Because I yeah. knew I needed to go somewhere and have a good swear or fart possibly, but I needed yeah. to go, I, I needed a space somewhere <laughs> where, I could, where, where I could just be me. And she's, and she's fantastic at that. So I, I, you know, I've got a real, that, that's a very close support network really, I guess. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, we're running out of time because I know you have yeah, to go. i
2: Oh, it's fine. I wanted to ask
0: you about, before we go, you mentioned Ofsted. You, you, mm. you sort of mentioned them a couple of times. I know you mm. liked a tweet of mine as well. I think it was yesterday. Yeah. yesterday <laughs> last, about grades where I got battered again for that. But yeah,
3: you did. <laughs> I, I always do,
0: Vic. It's a regular A couple blocked me for that, actually. This was lovely. Really? Um, wow. Yeah. And, and this it sort of made me feel the power yeah. that the grading system has that whenever comments are made about it, whether it be sort of a celebratory comment about a grade that's been achieved, or whether it be somebody slating the grade, whatever the comment is, you can't doubt the strength of feeling that it generates. It generates real, possibly because of the sense of, I suppose if you've come out of the wrong side of it, then it is an incredible bitter pill to swallow. If yeah. you've if you're if you've come out of it well and you're continuing to come out of it well, it it can become the most important and defining thing because you're constantly, you know, can sort of, I don't know, parade the the, yeah. the, the grade, you know, basically. Yeah. yeah. So what 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 is your what? When you mention that sort of pressure of offset we, we we sort of know, you know, mm. what it is. It's the is the pressure of trying to get the grade and all the rest of it. Yeah. But can you tell us just on, to finish up, on a personal level what is the what is the experience for you as a head teacher as a head teacher
2: of the Ofsted process? What does it do to you? Yeah, as so a we've person? had, yeah, so I've, we've had across my trust we've had two Ofsted inspections since the second to last week of term before Christmas and the first day coming back after Christmas. Um, again, the, the problem the problem with this is and the problem why. We have issues with offset. Is it depends on which human being walks through your door and says they're your inspector, and that's not how it should be, and that's the problem. You know, you walking through with somebody, or you, you know, you you hear the inspector's team names, and you, you're quickly onto Google to find out, you know, what their subjects are, who they've inspected, and things like that. That's that's means we don't trust the process, and that means that you're constantly on guard, Um and that's that's not what it should be. Now, you know the The inspections i've seen led by h m i you know they felt supportive, they felt um, like they they get the school and the process is going through, but the grade removes that as a useful process it becomes less useful because the grade's there so we I've been for an Ofsted with one of one of our schools recently um you know and we knew where it was going to be it was going to be a mixture of you know r i good it's cuspy, and we knew it was going to be there, but the reality was it's brand new heading posts making massive differences doing an amazing job in, in moving a school community on and it came a term and a half into him being there or no in fact a term into him being there uh term of a day um and it was unfair on him because what the report reads is you know things are in place things are improving we can see it's getting better but how many people will look beyond the grades at the top right. of the page you know and that's and that's that makes it wholly unfair Difference between a section eight and a section five as well—that makes things wholly unfair. Because, do you think it would? Do you think it would affect? I mean, have you seen?
0: You must have seen it over the years. That, that sort of situation must actually trigger
2: heads leaving or, or oh. tr- trigger real stress, without a doubt. I mean, that you know, we were, we got outstanding um, back in my first or second year of head, back when contextual value added uh, was important. Um, and I didn't put the balance up out of the front of school. I didn't do any of that um, no. because it, I didn't I didn't agree with grading. Um, however, when they came in again five years later, and, of course, it wasn't the same inspection, the goalposts had moved, contextual value-added was gone, we went from outstanding to good. Probably the hardest letter I ever had to write as a head. <laughs> because, you know it sounds churlish to say like we're actually better than we were when we were inspected and got outstanding, but the goalposts move, you know, yeah. how many people rolled their eyes at that and go, oh, really? Yeah. We don't believe <laughs> yeah. 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 We, and that, you. Yeah. And that's the bit that it up because You're
0: not good enough anymore. Yeah. You've, lost, yeah. you've lost your grip on it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that's, and that's the bit that, you know, makes it unfair because I'm, I'm happy for a HMI to come in and say, this doesn't look like it's quite embedded yet or this look, this isn't quite doing what you think it's going to do. You need to work on this. I'd be delighted. Then for, Thank you very much. Can I see in a couple of years and see if you've got it better? Or can I can I can you come back in for a day in nine months and see how we've got on with that? Because that will actually improve schools <laughs> and that will make things, you know, developmental. But while while they remain punitive, while the rewards for getting an outstanding are so high, and the punishments for getting you know SL you know requires improvement or whatever are so severe, we're always going to have this anxiety.
0: I mean, there are those, and we have to say this clearly: there are those who 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 are you know supportive of mm-hmm. of Ofsted in their current form, um, generally supportive of grading in its mm-hmm. current form. I mean. You mentioned you've sort of touched there, but my my final final thing for you would be what is your what what would you if you could wake up tomorrow and the inspection process had changed to make it better for you, and there was one change they could make what would that one change be yeah, It's, it's get rid of the
2: grades i mean that's that will fundamentally change everybody's view of that if you stop grading them and say these are the things you do well, these are the things you should work on every there's an even playing field you know you talk about some people like grading, et cetera. I wonder if there was a correlation graph drawn of that, about how many of them work in areas of disadvantage. Right. But also like what, they, what it, the grades were that they got. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because we know, we know, I mean, the, the facts are there. You can see from Ofsted gradings, it's harder to get a good in a disadvantaged area than it is in a non-disadvantaged area. And, you know, the, whilst that is absolutely irrefutable with the data, but nothing changes, it, 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 you know, what, can you, what are you supposed to do if it's that clear? You know, we can't meet our recruitment targets for as, as teachers. So if we can't meet our recruitment targets, we can't run the schools. Therefore there's something wrong with paying conditions. It's as simple as that. You know, one thing is an obvious indicator for the other, and that's the same with offset inspections. So until somebody's you know honest and goes, actually, weighing a pig doesn't make it heavier, so I'm gonna stop, then we're not gonna get any better. Vic, it's always a pleasure to talk it's pleasure. to you. My pleasure
0: ever so much for coming on mate and um, all the best for the rest of the year and thanks for the invite it's an absolute privilege to be invited and good luck thanks Vic cheers Cheers, I've now got uh, I've now got Brian coming just before we, we talk properly to Brian because I kind of cut him off earlier um, I just want to remind everybody that um, John Cat are partnering with us on this show. You can click the tweet which we've pinned to the top of the space to see uh, their latest releases and check out what they've got coming up and we've got lots of shows coming up on Teachers Tour Radio as well from John Cat authors uh, so do stay tuned on ttradio.org and look out for those shows to come out uh, Brian you can unmute yourself again now
1: <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs>
0: Now, come on. Don't be too happy.
1: You know what? Throughout my career, I've been in the room many, many times with uh, Vic, and I've never, ever had the opportunity to just just have a good, long chat with him. So, typical. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, you have to go (laughs) at eight. But, you know. It's always a pleasure to listen to,
0: though. He really is, isn't he? Now, listen, talking of privilege to listen to, um, I've been really looking forward to talking to you because... I, I've i read a few of your tweets. I read a tweet that you put out, I think it was yesterday, the day before last, sort of, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm reading the Guardian, I've read the Guardian article again that you put out, it must have been a few weeks ago that you were interviewed for that, it's a picture of you in it, and you sort of said you, you're thinking of packing it in. <laughs> um, where are you up to with that?
1: Um, it's funny, I'm having, I'm, I'm going through, uh, I'm going a difficult period of, of being very positive again but uh <laughs> so basically basically i was outed in that that article i was talking to the journalist and i have been talking to my governors for quite a few years about succession planning um i'm 53 you know i've been a head teacher for 20 years um and frontline headship as, as vic has, has said so well is it's is a stressful role and what I don't want to do is go out of my career on a negative because I finally can't quite do it anymore. So I've been talking to my governors about that. I was talking about the article. I was a bit angry about a few things recently. And then the article just came out with, (laughs) he's quitting. My parents went, what? My wife went, what? Um, My my chair of governors was like, I know we were talking about this, but when you know, (laughs) <laughs> so so i was kind of you know i was so i'm kind of in a i mean i love lovely. my my community has been amazing like really really yeah. positive So suddenly, suddenly my 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 survey just full of don't go which is just lovely which would have would have probably made me go quicker if if it wasn't like that um i had a conversation with a parent this morning about that so they're being really positive but deep down I, I haven't really changed my mind i i still want to be in education yeah i was saying to the regional schools commission today you know she was saying what do you think the issue? What is the problem? And I think we're losing a whole... I think when you get to 50, you shouldn't be thinking of retiring. You know, and Vic was talking about it. You know, I should be thinking, I want to be a head teacher to 60 plus. Yes. You, know, yes. you know, you would use those skills. I became a head really quite young um, and I should be using that experience I've gained, you know, to be positive. I just feel that I... Will I have the energy... Vic, uh, you know, opened up about you know the stresses that he had. You know, I, I've had days in my career. I've I've worked in schools and special measures, and I've worked in schools that have been outstanding. And working in a school of special measures, you know, well, you know, it impacted upon my mental health massively. Physically, you know, I felt it, and, and I felt very unwell. And he talked about the anxiety of it. Um, I mean, can so, you go? You know, can you
0: was... go into a bit more detail on that and sort of tell us? <laughs> <laughs> if you want. Yeah, um, please. You know, I, I want to know problem. what I, I, happened. I want to know what the strain... Well, okay. All yeah. right.
1: All right. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I've, I've, um, I'll plug my book now. My book comes out in June. You know, I, I, I went impotent. Um, I was, you know, very unwell for a period of time. I never I never missed a day off work, interestingly, but anxiety hit me. I started to have uh, panic attacks, which I hadn't had since my 20s. Um, I started to really doubt myself and believe I, that I couldn't do the job. Uh, and not want to be in a school which, you know, as Vic said, I love this job. It's just, you know, I, I, you know, I was excluded from school myself. I had no opportunity to, to ever think I would get into education. I became a teacher. It was the greatest job. And then I became a head teacher. And, and I don't think of anything else I would have wanted to do in my life. Um, whatsoever um, you know I'm, I'm just lucky that that's happened then to suddenly think ah, oh, I'm not going to make it where this point you know to, to 47 48 what am I going to do next you know once you're in the kind of driving seat you take that decision to be a head teacher it's a really difficult one to go backwards from you know it's I could go back into teaching but I've kind of lost some of the skills and the craft that I had there yeah um, so what do you where do you go as a failed head teacher or, or a head well, where teacher do you go where do you go? Yeah, and when, you'll become a consultant or a, an Ofsted inspector. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> where, do, where do they go? Um, but so tell
0: us more about this experience. Then that you you said, you know, well, you sort of have there. You've touched on it, but I mean, what 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 were the pressures? Because I asked this to Vic. I said, what were the what were the top three?
1: The top, for, for now I would say that the top three is, I, I would have put safeguarding in, in there myself, I think, and Vic was kind of touching on that. I think that the pressure of, you know, I run I a really large school and we're, we're, we're a special school as well. So we're a zero to 11 provision. Um, and we're an all year round of provision. um within the mainstream school, there's a 50 place special school in the heart of it. Um, and there is complex medical and complex social, mental health issues that that come with that, and and living with that on a day-to-day basis. There you, Vic, also picked up on the fact you've got a team. I've got an amazing team at at, uh, my school, amazing governors, you know, amazing teachers, and an amazing senior team. Until, it's funny, I was talking to um, my my assistant head from last year, who's now a head. You can't really say what it's like until you're actually being the head. as a deputy, you can feel it, but ultimately, you're never the, the person that actually... The book stops with you. Responsible. Yeah, you know, it's your, and ultimately, you know that as well. And as a deputy, you can feel it. Um, yeah. as, as a senior teacher, you can feel it and think, oh, this is rubbish. I don't like this. But as the head, you go home and you are it. It is... In you know, it's you. You feel you should never really say it's your school, but you you know ultimately you're the head teacher in the. No, I get you. I
0: I really get that point. I mean. So I think you
1: you take that on, and you know, I I don't. It doesn't hurt as much after twenty years as it might in the early years. If someone put some, something up on social media with me, you know, I, I'd be writing a free page reply to that person and trying kind to, of, you know, walking around for the weekend going, hey, dare they. What, what, what. Whereas now I, I really didn't. I Interestingly, there was a Facebook thing that, that blew up on Friday, uh, Friday this week and I just, I just wrote to the whole of my reception early years, people saying, you know, this is not the way to deal with it, you know, come and, come and talk to me, don't. You know, no one's come to talk to me. Come and talk to me or the class teachers and we can solve this issue. You know, social media doesn't solve it.
0: Yeah, I mean of you, because I know Vic was taught quite extensively there about this idea of parental well, he called it parental outrage, which I thought was quite I I thought was quite a good phraseology. I was
1: (laughs) yeah, that's a nice way of putting it. I think it's not just parental outrage. Um, I wrote to social services today because something that, you know, a social worker had written an email to one of my members of staff. I think there's a sense of fragmentation in the system, and I think that's the true of schools. You know, when I started as a head teacher, I was a head teacher in Tower Hamlets, and we still had a point where we would the local authority would meet termly, In fact, probably three times a term, all the head teachers were in the room. You know, you would have kind of ever service. Everybody was together in those services, and then we've had this kind of academisation where we have fragmented as a system. And I'm I'm a SAT, so I don't. Nobody loves me. You know, the local authority have nothing to do with me, and the maths have nothing to do with me at the moment. We love you. So there's a sense of isolation and, and fragmentation in the system. And, uh, and I think you, yeah, you really feel that. And I th- so I don't think it's just parental outrage, though there is quick outrages, but it's more than outrage. You know, it's, it's tribunals for SEND. Um, yeah. It, you know, it, it, they're, 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 these are all on the rise. Um, uh, you know, the number of kind of the lack of the fact that we can't get CAMS referrals and we, uh, you know, and, and m- mental health nurses and, and nursing and everything. And that there's an expectation that the school is now that front line. So housing, uh, I'm dealing with housing at all those
0: things. I mean, I, I put it to Vic about this idea that responsibility and accountability, one of my bugbears is sort of this idea that responsibility and accountability has gone away from parents and students and towards, you know, schools and teachers and whatever. And that's a, my personal opinion, not the view of, of anyone else. It's my view. But I wondered, have you, because you've been doing this for 20-odd years, what are the things it almost went, yeah. yeah i mean what are the what if you were to sort of pick a few things you've mentioned one of them there which is the, the i guess the format and the way you know you meet with other people and heads and whatever network but can you pick some of the things that have changed since you started for better or worse
1: um i think that's one of them definitely the system itself is fragmented and um, and, and broken in many ways because and it's a real shame because even though you know we're we're, look, we're looking at matting at the moment and the, the main draw for me of joining a mat will be the sense of being in a family again the sense that you know we're, we're, we're there's a small group of us that are accountable to do something together and you're not alone um it's a shame that it's taken it, that because that's still a shame because then there'll be another mat and a never mat and we won't really talk and uh, education is like everybody's business, I feel, um, and, and therefore, I think that, that's that gone. That that system is a big, big issue. What what else would I say? Um, it, I, I think the Ofsted uh, system, I think we're our, our own worst en- enemies as well. As much as I, I have bugbears about Ofsted, I've never really had a bad experience. I've been in schools of special measures, but I've kind of gone in afterwards, and they've been quite positive experiences. Um, I've, you know, I've gone from having a school in in RI to outstanding, and that was the worst thing that ever happened to school outstanding. And I totally agree with Vic in the sense of get rid of the grades. I've been saying it for a long, long time. Just just say what we're doing well and what we need to improve on. Um, yeah.
0: So, to, uh, so, you know, so instead of you know, just for anybody,
1: I know we've got a few American listeners listening. Good, good.
0: I, I should say good morning to Stephanie Dominguez, who's currently listening from San Diego, California. Good. Oh,
1: no. Would that be nice would that be
0: morning? It probably is morning, but we've we've certainly got some international listeners listening. So I thought I'd, I'd explain to those international listeners: Ofsted is our, if you like, schools inspectorate in England. They go in and they inspect schools, and at the moment there are four grades: uh, inadequate, requires improvement, good, outstanding. And what Brian is suggesting is that instead of those four grades, there could be two. I wouldn't even call them grades.
1: Two things. No, no. You ever good enough? or You ever doing a good enough job, and you got problems? Or, you, or yeah, you know, yeah, this is where we move on. And you know, do you recognise those problems yourself? And what are you doing? And I know, I is? know Ross is there, and
0: I, I'm pretty sure it might have been him or someone else. But I know a few years ago that was something that was suggested that having those two things instead of four. And I'm not ahead. I've never been ahead but I have obviously been in schools where they've been in the cycle of inspection. And I just think those things would, would be massively... That, that would be a massively helpful thing for everyone in the system from top to bottom.
1: Yeah, when Sean Harford was around and Ofsted were having the, the nice space of Ofsted, which I think there was a period of Ofsted where it, it, it seemed like it, it, it softened and it invited us in. Um, you know, he always said that, oh, but, you know, parents want it, Brian. You know, parents... I don't think they no. do. A parent, parents love their local school, you can be in a town and one of the schools can be an R.I., the other one can be outstanding, but you'll still get diehard parents who, you know, I went to that school and I want to go to that school. It, this whole grade thing is just, it, it puts schools up. But then heads are their own worst enemies. I keep seeing it, you know, when when we got outstanding, like Vic, I, I, I was different. At first I went, outstanding, Fed 12, Fed 14 on my yeah. first profile. What an idiot. Um, and, you know the more i kind of think it, i just see people do it you know we advertise it ourselves as, as head teachers oh, you know I agree. We, we keep that riff and that plate spinning and in some ways you know because if you get it the first time you get it it's like wow this is amazing and then a couple of months later when you're thinking do i want to be in a school that thinks it's already you know and, and i don't i genuinely want to be in a, a good and a, a, an aspiring school or just an inspire you know a school that aspires to. Do things as well as it can. I don't I don't care about that at, at all. And I mean do you think really do you think I mean mistake. you've already
0: sort of intimated that, but do you think it's a mistake? Because I, I put out a tweet a couple of days ago, I mentioned it to Vic there, you probably heard. And basically I was saying that if you if you put whether it's a teacher, middle leader, head teacher, whatever, governor, it doesn't matter. But when you celebrate a grading publicly, do you endorse the grading system? In my opinion, yes, yes. but that's not something yeah. that I'm saying you should be, you know, I'm not, I'm not like guilt-tripping people who do it. Exactly. I can understand why people do it. It's a huge high-pressure well, system, but yeah. ultimately, yeah. my point is, whether you like it or not, it does endorse, in my opinion, it does endorse it. So whether, whether, whether you sort of like, you know, regardless of the fact there's a lot of reasons to do it, it does perhaps fundamentally endorse it. That's my opinion.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, I've said don't shouldn't really care. That it's, it's the whole, you know, without fear or favour, um, you know, uh, as we go about. But I, and I understand why schools, well, the schools go on incredible journeys. They have incredible narratives attached to them. And sometimes it's like, oh my word, you know, we've got through this. Uh, and I can understand that.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I can, we- I can totally understand that. I, I... But ultimately, like you've just said, I suppose you've still got the choice fundamentally whether to do one thing or do the other. And I don't know. It's a, it's a, I'm not saying it's not an easy choice because it's not, um, you know, whether to sort of plaster it everywhere and, and, and what, or not.
1: What gets me with Ofsted, though, is the, the very concept that, that some people who are not head teachers do not run schools, uh, can go into a place, even myself, who's been doing this for 20 years, go into a place. And within two days, make incredibly overarching, you know, important decisions about school based on certain, you know, it's really easy to find fault in any school. I can find fault in my own school tomorrow if I wanted to yeah. I follow that line and I can really put myself into special measures, which is one of my reasons for saying that, you know, I wanted to get out of the job a little bit because I don't feel we're doing as good a job as we might have been 5, 10, 15 years ago because of the, the resources that we, that we have. So you can do that. You could probably put any score down that you wanted to, and you could find folks yeah. now that the cricket is so complex. And therefore, you know, the idea, like Vic was saying, you know, you, you, you're basically waiting for the call, and then what kind of personality... Is going to walk through my door. I've got. I have a colleague who many, many years ago, um, and he did a really good job fighting uh, Austin. The Austin inspector walked into the um, into the school, and as they came through the door, rather than good morning or hello, they just pointed at them and said, "I'm going to show you why this is not a good school," because they had said that they were a good school. You know that kind. And I've got stories after stories of head teachers I've met with where you know people. It's incredible that these people are allowed to do that job, and and they keep doing it. Yeah. And that's and unbelievable, they, you know, isn't it? Top.
0: It doesn't surprise me in some ways, but it, it's still unbelievable when, when you think of that situation and that can happen. Um, we'll, we'll we'll move on from Oster. We may come back to other stuff like that later. But I want to ask: is one of the things you've talked about a lot is this resourcing issue? I'm really interested in recruitment. I'm really interested. Oh, yeah, no,
1: I'm really interested in like what uh, it's like out there at the moment
0: in terms of recruitment?
1: It's the worst it's ever been. I think that's number one issue for me. Um, And we were having this conversation today. Um, It's not, for us, it's not so much in mainstream primary teaching. Um, Nursery, teaching assistant, this is why I have real issues with the whole strike action at the moment, certainly as a head teacher. Because the whole narrative is, is is really around pay. If you yep. watch any, anything, it's always around pay. And for a head teacher, head teachers are paid well as far as as, as far as it so. For me, on a personal level, but but support staff are not. Um, nursery nurses are not. You know, um, we're running a special school of you know 50 children, we need really specialised teaching assistants. Um, they, they can get you know they can get better pay, more flexible working hours in 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 Costa and, and Tesco's. Yeah. So we've just done a seventeen percent pay rise for our, our special staff, but they're still they can still get better money elsewhere and, and they still have to work with some of the most complex SMEH children and difficult days. So for for for, for me that's the real issue. I mean we we yeah, we're really struggling. There is just not the people I, I work in a rural setting just outside of Glastonbury. Um, and it's a beautiful place to live and, and work. But it, beforehand, I was a head teacher in Bristol. People could commute, get buses. So you had a wider net of staffing resources. When I was in London, I, again, it was even, even larger. Um, in, in those rural communities, small towns, it's, oh, it's just re- really challenging at the moment and it's depressing because... Yeah, yeah. That's the hardest thing, I think, for us at the moment, is I've got 110 staff. and I think I've lost about seven in the last two weeks for different reasons, personal reasons.
0: I mean, in terms of, I mean, presumably like a lot of schools, um, when you can't recruit or when people quit and you can't replace them, do you have to use agency
1: staff? Um, Do you know, you can't even get the agency staff. That's the point. We can get agency staff at the moment as well. So we are, we're, we're getting creative. You know. Yeah, I was um, going to ask you, what the do the you poor, do then? <laughs> the poor secondary school, when they're, when they're year 11s, have their week at our school. It's like, literally, we recruit them as soon as they walk through the school. <laughs> um, we, we work with Strode College, which is just at the rate from us, on apprenticeship schemes. Um, so we've got quite a lot of ex-students. So you're using gone...
0: sixteen to 18s to fill gaps?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eight to 18s probably, are. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Wow. We, we are... We're we're we're, um, we're starting to think that some of our roles are very much care roles, and they're not um, so much the teaching assistant role. So, with with specialist provision, we've got children with, um, with all sorts of complex medical needs. Therefore, it's more of a caring role than a direct yes. mathematics grade teaching. So, we're going to start even looking at the GCSE grades in terms of what we're doing in the future and have to recruit to roles specifically because it just isn't out there. We're, we do okay for teachers. I've got 23, 24 teachers, but I've got six ECTs at the moment. Is um, that a lot? Yeah, that is a lot. That is a lot of ECTs, and there's a two year kind of to go through. I, I, yeah, that's that's a lot. That's the most we've had. To have six NQTs in a year would have been a lot as well. And I just think what's happened is I think we've lost a whole band of people in the back, the 50 to 60 teachers who are just thinking, I can't be bothered with this anymore. And they've just, you know, we. They're just not there, and therefore, we don't have, you know, every, everybody's taken up. People offer uh, jobs as soon as you get a good supply and It's like, do you want to stay? You're yeah. the contract. Um, yeah, uh, so, I, I feel that that for us in a rural community is possibly becoming number one. I used to say it was social services and kind of the care system and, and all of that. I'm actually thinking recruitment is, is taking that over at the moment. Yeah. Don't want to be in teaching and it's such a shame because it's such a rewarding so case. so with that in mind then
0: why do you think you just said you're doing okay for teachers i mean is that just fluke or is that
1: um i think no no it's i don't i don't, I don't i'm not sure it is um you know we try, I try we work a lot on i'm not a big one for lots of well-being programs and things like that but i'm a really big one for The ethos in my school is that my job, my senior leaders' job, our job is to allow teachers to teach. That's the only thing we need to do. So everything else, planning and marking and all of those things that stop teachers doing their job really well. Well, sometimes they help teachers do their job really well as well, of course. Um, But you know, stupid staff meetings on data and that kind of stuff. I'd much rather have a staff meeting where people can mark or plan and work together and do what they need to do. Well, I was
0: going to ask you actually, Brian. I was going to say. If you were talking to a new head teacher now, what would you tell them not to do?
1: Um, I, I, it's funny, really, because uh, uh, what would I tell them not to do? It's so hard, though, because you are the, the, the book that, that that I'm writing, which I'm plugging again. Sorry. Oh, well, I've, I've written it and it's out in June. I plug um, the opening chapter just starts. Talking about this chance that every head teacher has when you, which is the you don't know what you're doing football chant, and as you know, and I've had that and I still have it 20 years on, and I think that's the first thing I would say to new head teachers: you're going to have so many times where you are so out of your depth, you so don't know what you're doing, uh, but others do, you know, and you've got to really trust and, and rely on other people. You know, if it wasn't for my business manager. You know, I don't. I think my life would be ten times more stressful if it wasn't for my deputy, who's just that calm in the storm. I've got a fantastic assistant head whose knowledge of, of SEND is just, you know, second to none. It's it's the first thing is is not thinking you have to be the be all or end all and answer every argument and stand up for every problem that's in the school. You might take it on, you might support people through it, but you've really got to learn to step back and there's an in joke in my school and there's a little oscar which is uh, when i first started it's all about me uh, and it's absolutely the opposite of that you know it's not about you or it's about your school and how you become comfortable with that feeling that you're doing a good job because the school is thriving rather than you yourself and that takes it's hard it's not easy for a lot of heads have big egos um yeah you know uh yeah, so I think so that sort it's, it's a lot of ties of- in because I've often thought in the past. I've thought
0: I there's been certain situations where I felt like I wanted a leader to do nothing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like, serious. You. I just I, there's
0: been certain points where I've been like please, just do nothing for a whole term. Like, just sit in your office and smoke cigars. Like, that's all I want you to do. Leave me alone. Don't introduce any new policies. Don't introduce any new... And by the way, since we just Talk Radio does not endorse cigar smoking. That was not me endorsing that. But that's the sort of thing I've been keen on, is, like, that idea of, like, less is more. Like, this whole idea of, like, I've got to introduce new things, new policies, new... directives, to, to, to look like I'm active and to look like I'm worth my wage or whatever.
1: And Yeah. I yeah. do think like there's an prove, there. Yeah, Prove it. Yeah, Prove that you're worth your wage. And I think, yeah. Um, you know, what I've done as I've got older into this job or I've been in this job longer is the, the, the greatest thing that parents want to see, the greatest is that you like their kids, no matter how tough their day is or how you know that you care, and you know their names. It's 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 that community head, and I think that's one of the reasons that I feel after twenty years I might just not have that energy left anymore to, to be that person out there in the community. But that's what they they want. Um, teachers don't want you walking around saying, "Look, oh, I found this fantastic scheme, and we're going to do it now, and let's change it." The- you know they want continuity and security and the ability to walk into their classroom and think I know what I'm doing today I know what's happening today, you know, and I know if there's an issue like where the systems are. It's 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 that kind of that stability that you need in schools and schools don't feel like that quite do, often at the moment. Do you think yeah.
0: there is a best leadership style for a head teacher to have, or do you not think that exists?
1: No. I mean I've seen all sorts in my time. I've seen hey, I've, i I worked in the school once where after a staff meeting the head teacher completely lost it and dragged a member of staff down the corridor and kicked them out the door. Um, what? Which was just like get out of my school, don't come back. And this is a member of staff. I've seen head teachers burst into tears in front of their staff, you know, and have complete breakdowns. When I first became a head in Hamlet's um, I was there for the 7-7 bombings and I was at, just off of um, Old Gate East. Uh, you know, and I remember the anxieties and, the, you know, the incredible pressures that were on. And I remember that I would kind of, when I first started, I would be quite, t- I would st- I'd gone from a deputy head and a member of staff going drinking with my staff to the head teacher. And that role reversal, I didn't quite understand. And I would share too much with staff and walk around and go, oh, what a day I've had. (laughs) You wouldn't believe it. It's like, no, teachers don't want to know. Shut up. Leave me alone. Let me get on with my job and you do your job. Um, But, yeah, yeah, I've, yeah.
0: I mean, do you think, like, I know I talked to Vic, a little bit about, cause I know you were in this, this Guardian article um, and you've, you, you've sort of, yeah. I mean, the Guardian article sort of indicates that you're ready to go. <laughs> you know, like you're in the last, <laughs> like mean? last push to the end. Um I mean, has the pandemic like sort of pushed, you? like what's been the impact on you as a head in that? Is it like, I,
1: it was for me, it wasn't as bad. Is that not it why, why you're,
0: you feel pushed to that? Is it,
1: was. no because actually in the pandemic i started cycling into work every day which was about 20 kilometers each way and so i got really fit yeah <laughs> because, because you know when, when we were in lockdown then we were open every day um you know it, it was a kind of you know we just had key workers which was what we had about 100 children a day yeah. so it was but actually we worked rotors and stuff so i would cycle into work every day and it was just a, for me it was just a golden period of getting fit really um which was which quite good because you know I, I at that point i'd just before the pandemic started i di- i was diagnosed as having diabetes oh right and it was like oh well, what's going on with my life and then I, you know just uh recently i've just i've come out i'm totally in, you know and that was basically i started cycling and then i took that on and got healthy uh, it's really important that i think you you you, you have a, you know a healthy lifestyle as a head teacher is that hard course. though to do that because surely you're getting up
0: earlier you're you're getting home late whatever i mean how do you how do you do that
1: in the winter (laughs) don't cycle in the winter um i've got a bike um in my my room and i cycle at the weekends and then i'll go out in the spring in the summer i mean you just have to make time for it you really really do you know and the other thing's great is my, my wife doesn't really care at all about my job and that's just the best in the world uh because the idea that you, I, I, I to be married to a teacher or something. I go home and talk about it. It's bad enough, at, you know, in the day. So let's just, you know, have have that detachment at home of, uh, of you know, I'm just sat in my kitchen at the moment with nice kind of you know log fire on. It, you know, just have that home life that that's... yeah.
0: Talking to me on Teachers Talk Radio. Wow, what a relaxing, lovely scene that is. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, like it totally makes sense, um, and. I mean how can we because they've talked about this exodus of head teachers like and Vic sort of indicated, yeah, this is happening i mean do you yeah, do you exactly. think it's happening oh, yeah.
1: massively massively um you know we lost I lost a I'm, I'm chair of governance um for a pupil referral unit, and we had the most amazing um head teacher he who had many years ahead of him and he's just gone off to be a trauma informed um, schools uh, practitioner. You know, lost a huge voice and skill in the system. Luckily, his deputy is a fantastic head teacher as well, and I'm still the chair of at the school. But, you know, the, the, this head teacher exodus, so I think between, them, like I said earlier on, you know, you want to keep your head teachers mm-hmm. through the 50s so that yeah. they don't leave. And until you know that you know that retirement is something that you do, but I think so many you know a, a very good colleague. Well, my first head teacher, who was just the most amazing head teacher. I started in uh, Wivywood in South Bristol, which is a, a really kind of you know Hartcliffe, if anybody knows South Bristol is a challenging area to say the least. And Neil was just the best head teacher, and you know really scored me very early on in my career to, uh, into leadership. You know, he, he he died before before he, he retired. You know, so many head teachers I know have had heart attacks or died or are not healthy. You know, and when I talk about me having diabetes and things like that, you know, having to keep your health um, because this, when you get stressed, you know, that's not a good thing. It's not a good sign for the body. Um, and I think, yeah, I'm seeing it left, right, and centre. Every head teacher I speak to now at kind of head teachers meetings. Is either talking about the retirement plan or upset about the fact they can't retire? You know, I've, I've got I've got colleagues who are in their forties and they're talking about when do they get out. That we shouldn't have a system where people head teachers in their forties that used to be the starting age of head teacher, yeah, at least, yeah. you know, um, are talking about getting out. That's, that's just what kind of system is that? That and we should have teachers wanting to be aspirational and want to be head teachers because it's such an amazing job and the best school for being a teacher is a uh, head teacher is a teacher as far as I can say. It's not, uh, you know, particularly now, maybe in heads of schools, I'm still the old school where I still do the finance and HI and everything else. Um, and you know, a lot of maths take that away, but you know, having someone that understands teaching and learning and teachers and the stresses of teachers should be running a school first and foremost.
0: Yeah. And, and I mean, I'm just, I'm really interested in that, that whole sort of, um, head teacher span like lifespan if you want to say like in terms of how long can you be a head teacher in the current system and keep going in it i mean do you think that's gone down
1: i think if i started now i can't imagine that i'd last 20 years so <laughs> it's, it's only 53 i think 70 73 would be, uh, yeah, there's no way I I can see that I would have the energy, you know, even now thinking, you know, how do I have the energy um, to to, to be in a system where you're quite isolated? Maybe if I was in a mat that was really supportive and there was a supportive group around me, that might be different. But at the moment, I I can't see, you know, I kind of wrote in uh, the, 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 the blog that I did after that article that it was kind of a young person's game. I didn't. I just think you need a lot of energy to be on the front line of headship, you know, to, to meet that, that parental outrage, to make sure your teachers are okay. You've got to be full on with the energy. But the problem is that headship's also a lot about experience. You can learn on the job. I, I became a head because my head teacher got sacked on the spot.
2: right really? um, wow.
1: And the governing body as well. They, all, they were all kind of like suspended on the spot and I was a deputy head. And then uh, they brought in a head teacher, was seconded in. And then she left after about four months, going, I, yeah. And then they offered me the job, and I went, Oh, yeah, I'll do it. Mm. (laughs) And, you know, um, I'm not sure that that's possible now. I I don't know. You could just suddenly, I've been a deputy head for a couple of months, you know, Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll have a go at it. And it's a bit of sink or swim. And I, I think the problem is when you don't, when you're not successful at headship, there's not really anywhere else for you to go. It's a really destructive process for a lot of people. You know, I've know I, I I've actually known head teachers who have committed suicide. I know head teachers. You know, the impact that's had on family. You know, people that were really promising who just the anxiety got to them, and uh, uh, you know, these things happen. I once went into a school in special measures in which the head teacher had been sleeping in the school. You know, sleeping there because of their worry and the job. You know. It's incredibly stressful and you have to just maybe understand it fully and be realistic about, you know, what's going to happen when you're finally in that seat. But now it's, oh, I don't know. I want to say yes, still do it, because... You know there should be it, but there's just not maybe the support. You know I would just be checking the context of the school you're in, yeah. what kind of support you've got. Governors are really important. I've got fantastic governors. I got some really one. Um, you know um, the the book I've been writing. I actually ended up uh, giving the book to, to one of my governors who edited it, and just I just got my. God, you know, it's, it's amazing how skilled these people can be. They can also be really, really stressful people to have on your team. <laughs> but you know, building that, building that team up, and I'm really transparent. So when things are crap, I tell my governors it's rubbish. When things are good, you know, I don't milk it too much because I know there might be crap again soon. So you know, just don't build yourself up too much. Yeah,
0: for sure. Um, I'm going to bring Flora in. Flora, good evening
3: good evening how are not you not too
0: bad now long time no speak i know i'm a busy busy person head t- headteachering <laughs> um, i was going to ask you because yeah you know you started this you, you, obviously new new uh, should we call it jobs <laughs> what are we going to call it i don't know
3: <laughs> <laughs> New job? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's almost like twenty jobs in one. But anyway, um, what's? I mean, I've asked Vic and I've asked Brian so far. What do you think are the top three challenges for for you as a head? What yeah. would you say they are? And has that have those challenges changed since you started doing it? Which was, I think, over ten years ago now, right?
3: Yeah, it's. Coming up to 10 years, just over 10 years. And I think what Brian was saying about safeguarding is definitely, that is definitely one of the biggest challenges at the moment. Um, I think um, behavior, behavior is quite a challenge at the moment. Mm. We haven't mentioned um, that actually. So, yeah, I think it's the anxieties and and new you know, new underlying behaviors we're seeing. And I think the other thing for me is it's kind of what Brian was saying about this energy you keep bringing to the job. And it's more about the energy that you have to bring to keep everyone else going and to keep the team alive and to keep pushing them. You know, we talk about we're back to normal and everyone says we're back to normal, which is absolutely not true um, because we'll never go back to what normal was and I think everyone is just feeling exhausted and overwhelmed and it's it's that that's exhausting for me as a head teacher is trying to keep the team going um because you just see everyone so tired and working so hard and you just want to do everything you can to support them and it and you know that that can be difficult
0: do you think like for you do you think the sort of pandemic years have made it uh, do you, like, do you think some heads will just like suffer burnout and stuff like that? From
3: oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And I think you know, as Vic and Brian have been saying, you know, I think you're seeing a lot more um, early retirement of head teachers, um, and you know, we see teachers burning out all the time. So head teachers, absolutely, definitely, there's there's burnout. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I'm just wondering what would you see as like things that could change now for you mm-hmm. as a head, that would make your job easier tomorrow?
3: That would make my job easier tomorrow. Um. Oh, wow.
0: And don't say not being a guest on Teachers Talk Radio because that'll, that'll hurt. <laughs>
3: That's not, <laughs> no. That's the joy of my evening. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I think it's difficult. I mean, I know we talk a lot about Ofsted, but for me, I don't worry about Ofsted. I think ultimately when offset come in, you know, I'll, 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 I don't know if I'll be worried. That's not the right word, but stress. you know, I don't, yeah, stressed. I, you know, I don't really stress either. No, you but don't actually, it's... to be fair. You're <laughs> no, really annoying <laughs> that way.
0: Actually. I wish you'd just break down and <laughs> all the stress at times. You're just far too calm to and positive. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but I think, I think the problem with offset is exactly what uh, I think Vic was talking about this, about how, you know, we put these banners out on our school gates and it just drives this competition and this wedge between schools. And, you know, I think that's the biggest thing in education is there's just competition all the time. And there shouldn't be because we're all educators. We're all in this for their, you know, for the best thing for education, for children everywhere. And offset just doesn't help that it is about, you know, schools, you know, competing with each other and competing to be better and almost hiding their best practice because they want to be better than the school down the road and i think that's got to stop that's that at the moment is my biggest bugbear is is one um, like how education. would you
0: characterize that and so what, does that mean like one school comparing against another school and getting wrapped up in that process
3: yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely and then it you know it's with even with um admissions you know yeah parents are looking for the school with the greatest Ofsted rating and you know we're all doing the best for our children and we all need to work together because at the end of the day this is about the whole of the education system
0: yeah yeah absolutely I mean this is this is it I mean Brian I don't know whether you want to sort of come in there in terms of this this idea of it's not just about Ofsted I think Ofsted's maybe part of that discussion but this sort of like Competitiveness between schools or communities or whatever. What? Have you come across that? Need to, yeah, there you go. <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: Oh, you've broken up a little bit. Um,
1: oh, because uh, I moved.
0: Yeah. Don't have a bath until after the show, Brian. That's my yeah, advice.
1: Sorry. I was just having a gin. And no, I wasn't. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I have. Uh, and it's really hard because when you're in a town, um, and really, uh, 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 Flora kind of summed it up, really. The education system should be not be about, you know, hiding my, 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 my best practice here and, and not sharing it because I don't want those people over there to come out better than, than we would. Um, you know, we're not dealing with customers in the same way. We want every child to be successful. It's not about those that can be most successful, get the best... But then we've got a system that's set up like that. We have private schools. You know, this country's really good at um, disadvantage in that way, you know, because we've been like it for, for 100 years plus, you know, hundreds of years. Uh, and it's a real shame because there is so much practice we could share. Um, I, the best practice I've learned throughout my career has been in schools and special measures and, and are requiring improvement because they're usually on journeys of, of self-reflection and and under pressure to to improve, um, some of the worst practices I've ever seen has been in outstanding schools. So, but having this system, yeah, stats is the classic example mm. of that, isn't it? Mm. Really? Um, you know, you know, you're, you're on, on on one week in May, you're basically judged to be a, a good school or a bad school. You know, yeah. And some people will sit in the exam factory and are very good at that and have a less broad and balanced curriculum. We're not yeah it, we're not very good in this country i think at being together in education you know and and i, I would include the, the private schools it would be lovely to think that you know we all as a country as a system i was really lucky i went to china about oh about five years ago six years ago to the education system there and china were looking towards our country in terms of send practice as like the guiding light yeah and we were light years ahead of, of practice in that area, light years ahead. But the investment and the way that they were bringing their education system together was just light years ahead of us. You know, they they had this ambition to make it brilliant and to get it right. Um, you know, they were hiding away their children with SDND at the time, but suddenly trying to think, well, this isn't right. We've got to do something about this. I think sometimes we beat ourselves up and we're harsh on ourselves, but I just don't think our system. We talked about it a lot. The fragmentation in the system is, it's it's a barrier for us moving forward. Yeah, and politics. Politics is a classic example of making that just as bad. Yeah, Flora. You, I was talking to
0: Brian about recruitment. Um, what's the sort of situation for you in terms of that? Is that like you know are people leaving? Are you having to try and recruit? Can you not recruit? You're trying to having to re advertise and so on.
3: Yeah, I think for for us, it's about recruiting sort of new support staff. We've got, you know, a high number of children with special needs who need one-to-ones and recruitment is tough. But the thing is, is this, you know, the, we talk about pay um, and I think it was Brian who was saying about pay for support staff is, you know, they they could go somewhere else and work um, with so much less stress and get so much More pay, and you know the jobs that our support staff are doing in schools is absolutely phenomenal. You know we could not run schools without them, and the job that they do now is absolutely crucial. You know for all groups of children across school, and they do they need better pay, and until there's better pay, we're we're gonna be in this recruitment crisis for a really long time.
0: Yeah, I mean I was asking Brian and Vic before what they would say to a new head teacher now in terms of what to do and what not to do. Is there anything that you might say in terms of advice or guidance or ideas that things that, things that you'd say, don't do that.
3: Um, yeah, that's, that's quite a hard question actually. Cause I think there's some things I'd tell myself <laughs> as well. Um, um, I think, I mean, almost similar, I think, to what Brian had said as well is this whole idea of not being afraid to ask questions. And I think heads often go into the jobs thinking or thinking they have to appear as though they have all the answers. And, you know, as head teachers, we absolutely don't have all the answers. And, you know, I think, you know, we can be very quick to not want to put our hands up when we make a mistake as head teachers, but. I think head teachers need to be the ones to always be modeling that and saying I'm going to make a mistake but I'm going to ask people the questions to make sure we get it right. So it's making sure that you have a team around you and people you can reach out to to ask those key and crucial questions because you you can't know it all as a head teacher. It's absolutely impossible. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's
0: I guess that's the same in any role in education like what wherever you're at in it. It's never, it's yeah. never a case of oh yeah, I've got this down. Like, I'm, I'm doing this now. Like, I'm in the groove. Because the next yeah, day, absolutely. like, you're, you're in a mess. You know.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, and it's almost like the uh, video. Just I, I, just took... I don't
0: know, but I think I'm still talking about <laughs> teaching. Um...
3: Well, but, but no, I think you know, it's like Michael Jordan says. You know, the minute you think you can't improve, or the minute you think you have it all sorted and sussed, that's time for you to leave. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Definitely. folks, it's been a it's been a fantastic show. Um, a huge thanks to Vic Goddard, who came on at the beginning, to Brian, uh, who has been talking extensively. Uh, Brian Walton, who's the head teacher of Brookside Academy in Somerset. Brian, thank you ever so much for coming on. Really, really appreciate you giving up your time tonight to do that, because um, I know thank you'll you be busy. Great, really good. And you've got a wood fire there burning so you've given up some nice relaxation time in the kitchen there to to (laughs) chat so thanks very much this is going to be available as a podcast um soon as well so anybody who's listening now that wants to share it on we're going to publish it on spotify apple podcasts all the rest of those flora thanks ever so much it's great to chat to you as well um and i really hope things are going well in in the new job um and uh, yeah, and thank you finally to every single person who's been listening. If you want to do what I'm doing now and host the Teachers Talk Radio, DM us, <clears throat> DM us at Teachers Talk Radio, click the icon and just say, oh, you know what, I quite fancy doing a bit of hosting. Um, we've got some slots available. We can send you a host pack with all the information in it and um, get involved. You know, um, we we're, we do all our shows live. Um, we're looking for anyone who's got a classroom teacher role, leadership role in schools um, anyone who works in schools and, and is interested in doing that, then it'd be great to hear from you uh, in particular. Um, and finally, just a final shout out to John Cat who support and partner with us. You can find more information about them at the top of the space in the pin suite there. Click on that. It'll take you through to johncattbookshop.com and you can explore the range of titles they've got available for you to advance your own professional development or maybe someone else's. Maybe you could buy a book as a gift uh, for somebody this valentine's day see what i did there it's not christmas it's valentine's day coming up um so thanks very much for listening everyone uh take care ttr is back tomorrow 11 a.m with graham stanley live on ttradio.org click listen live tomorrow 11 a.m to listen to graham
2: uh we'll speak to you soon you've been listening to teachers talk radio tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org we look forward to hearing from you next time